Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and I'm excited that you're here. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast here in just a second. We're going to hit up our sponsors that help make the show possible. There's lots of companies that I believe in that I think help veterans across the board, whether it's find a job, hire talent, become more efficient in their practice, all those things, right? So these sponsors mean a ton to me. So I know a lot of people will fast forward or skip through them. But if and when you're looking for help and some of the solutions they offer, I would highly, highly encourage you to check them out. And so with that, no further ado, jump into the ads and we'll get right into the show. So thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Finding a job or finding a veterinarian shouldn't be a waste of time. Enter an offer first. Paul Diaz and team have created something really special with Offer First. Some of my favorite reasons are as follows. Candidates and employers will both have values aligned on the first step, not the last. The sign-up process, quick and simple, no resume required. So if you're looking for a job, but you aren't really sure, it's as easy as scrolling on Zillow for a home. And finally, if you have a great match, it's based on your each unique requirements, not random keywords. If you want to learn more, listen to episode 179 with Paul Diaz. We cover all of that. The other exclusive great thing that you're going to get from this ad read and from Paul is I convinced him to give an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. So for owners, you're getting a 20% discount on both the placement of any candidate, but also access to the platform. Use VSP if you go to offer first, or the easiest way is a link in the show notes. So check it out. Associates, those looking for a job, same thing. Use the link in the show notes. Use VSP if you go directly to offer first. But I will donate and Paul will donate to a veterinary nonprofit of your choosing. So each person that signs up gets a vote. Your votes actually count, which is incredible. And so I'll be reaching out. I will handle that. But there's going to be a donation made for any associate or any job seeker that adds on the platform. We want to make sure that not only does the platform help to make sure that you find a better fit, better culture, better role, but it's also doing good in veterinary medicine. Okay, so link in the show notes is going to take you to offer first. It's going to automatically apply that, but also use code VSP if you go to offer first directly. And offer first is changing the game of veterinary recruiting. I want each and every one of you to benefit from it. So check them out today. Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. They're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepherd is an intuitive, easy to learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets, by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepherd automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's shepherd.vet. All right, radio show time. I have some great guests coming up on the show still. Some people that we've had to move around, had some challenges, timing things. Summer's tough, right? People are away. It's good. They should take time away, take vacation, get some time out. I like that. And there'll be a lot more coming both this fall and later this summer. I know I talk about Bitcoin a lot. Gosh darn it, I do. And I'm here to talk about it again. 
I recently wrote a piece called The Greater Fool is the one not holding Bitcoin. And I wanted to riff on that, read through, show some stuff and give you a breakdown of my thoughts there. Also, from here on out, I know the last time I did a radio show kind of announced big changes, things going on in my life. Uh, really appreciate the thoughtful feedback. Some people that sent me some nice messages it means a ton. And God's made it super clear for me, passion, where things are going to be from here. Bitcoin, veterinary medicine, definitely feel that is where things are next for me. Also, last radio show, I hinted that we create a course, provide some content for you all in veterinary medicine around Bitcoin, something deeper, more in depth than kind of what I've done on the podcast, because some of this stuff, it's hard, right? If you're listening, you're driving, you pick up bits and pieces, but it's not everything that you need and or want. And there needs to be something that maybe is a little bit deeper. So I have done that. And I know I said I was going to take more time in July for family. And I've done that, taken a little bit of downtime. You know, I've gone through lots of conversations with some companies and some folks out there as well. So with that, though, I've also been working on this course. It's a lot of good content that I believe will be great, be well-received, and I want to get it in your hands. And so if you've ever gotten value out of the show, please share this episode and or share the course and content with folks because I believe it honestly can change lives. I know that may seem like a hyperbole, like this crazy thing that Isaiah just talks about nonstop, but I do believe it. And so also the other thing, now until August 14th, I'm going to discount the course by 50%. So it's going to cost $62.50. It's over four hours of content video that's recorded. There's a bunch of extra links, content, basically everything that I've learned since 2019, I've tried to pack and make it easy, but also concise, but what you need to really go from zero to hero. And it's something, you know, several years people have said, hey, I need more. Hey, I hear you talk about this, but I need more. And so I haven't had the focus. I have had time. So I knocked it out, excited about it. Again, there's a discount. Use the code VSP to get that 50% off. I want as many people to get it soon. I would love feedback on it. If you feel like there is something that's not ideal, I'm going to tweak it over time and ensure it's the best course to give you the education on Bitcoin that you need, not only just like what is Bitcoin, how to use it, the how-to, the nuts and bolts, all that other stuff. So check it out. The website is out there and it is something that I hope you will really, really enjoy and be able to take advantage of. And if price-wise that's unaffordable for someone or you're a vet student, reach out to me if that's stopping you, let me know. Also, if you are hearing this and you were or are a client of a previous firm that I might've worked at, email me, the course is free to you. I hated the way things ended. Lack of being able to kind of explain, say goodbye. And this is a small token of appreciation and want to make sure you've probably heard my ramblings. You've heard me talk about it probably more depth than people on the podcast, but hopefully this can be a deeper dive, crystallize some things. So that is for you as well. That'll be no cost. You should not be paying for the course. I also have a deeper CE course for financial advisors called Advice on Bitcoin. If you work with a financial advisor or no one that's family or friends, Send them to advice on Bitcoin. That'll be in the show notes as well. Have them get the knowledge so that they can educate their clients and maybe educate you more on it. They'll also get um, certified financial planner designation CE. And it is a lot more in depth. It's over eight hours. It's a ton of stuff there as well. So let's dig into the greater fool is the one not holding Bitcoin. And we will dive in. I'm going to share my screen on a couple occasions just to show some things and highlight. But I'm going to use mainly uh, kind of just read through a lot of the article as well because it is just such a good piece. And so I'll dive in. So recently I commented on a Twitter thread with a beautiful visual from Andy Flatterly that I found here and I linked to the tweet and I will link to this article as well in the show notes. And my question to the non-coiner advisor out there, so an advisor that doesn't allocate to Bitcoin, talk about it at all. If you are truly a long-term saver investor, how do you justify a 0% allocation? 
So this is not me being a jerk, but just like, I want to understand why do advisors, if they run the numbers and look at the math, how do you justify owning 0% allocation to Bitcoin? The reply I got from someone that I've gone back and forth with before, very educated person said, Hey, here's a link to a Wikipedia post called the greater fool theory. And for those that need a quick refresher on what that theory is, it is the belief that an asset or sorry, it asserts that an investor can profit from buying overvalued assets with the expectation that they can sell them at an even higher price to a greater fool in the future. In essence, the theory explains that it is possible to make money by purchasing an asset at an inflated price, counting on the hope that someone else will be willing to pay an even higher price for it later, aka you're dumping it on a fool. So this concept is particularly prevalent in markets driven by speculative bubbles where asset prices are driven up by irrational exuberance rather than fundamental value. Fundamental value I have an issue with, but we'll touch on that later. Investors who adhere to the greater fool theory assume that even though they are buying at a high price, they'll find another investor, the greater fool, willing to buy from them at an even higher price before the bubble bursts. So basically hot potato, here you go. I'm going to get rid of it, but I can still make money. To an ill-informed person who might examine Bitcoin and think about the greater fool theory, they see volatility, limited history, wasted energy, wasteful energy consumption, lack of intrinsic value, and regulatory concerns. There are other pushbacks, but those are the ones that I hear lots. And the well-informed Bitcoin person examines all this and says, good, love that. Let's break those down one by one. And so I'm going to share my screen here and I'll try to walk through it for those that are listening audio only, but let's dive in on the article. And again, you can also check out the graph in the article as well. And I'll just leave it up for the rest of it. If that helps, or I'll uh, take it down here in a second. We'll see. Let me get that sharing so that we can look at it. But it says volatility is measured in two ways by financial professionals. And so financial professionals, they're going to look at Sharp and Sorrentino ratios. Each factor is risk-adjusted performance to evaluate the returns of an investment relative to its risk. However, they differ in how they measure risk in their focus on downside volatility. Basically, if there's volatility, but it's going up and you're making money, typically an investment, no one cares. But if it's going down, you're like, WTF, that's a problem. And so the Sharp ratio helps investors assess whether the excess return of an investment uh, justifies the level of risk taken to achieve that return. So basically it's going to say, hey, for each unit of risk that I'm putting in here, I need to get compensated with an equal return of appreciation or you know, investment return to make sure like risk reward makes sense. And it's a good ratio to look at. A higher sharp ratio indicates a better risk adjusted return as it shows the investment has generated more return per unit of risk. The Sorrentino ratio is particularly useful for evaluating investments where minimizing downside is the priority. So sometimes people are like, hey, I'm kind of a risk inverse investor. This Bitcoin thing, it's just so damn scary. I don't think it makes any sense to do, not for me. Case in point, I was just talking to my mom this past week. She's like, hey, I'm old. She is 64 years old. And she's saying, I don't think Bitcoin really makes sense for me. And this is why, blah, blah, blah. And she might say, hey, if she understood investments a little bit better, which I think she would candidly say, you know, she doesn't, which is okay. That's why I'm there to, to help her out. The Sorrentino ratio would actually be really good for her because she's a risk adverse person. She feels like, hey, I'm at the later stages of my life. I can't take a bunch of risk. This Bitcoin thing is new and it's risky. I just don't know. So Sorrentino ratio, it focuses on the volatility of negative returns, helping investors assess how well an investment protects against losses. And so I say, I've never met an investor that's upset with upside volatility. So how does Bitcoin stack up? So from January 1st, 2015 to July 1st, 2023, the Sharp and Sorrentino ratios numbers alone point to Bitcoin being the best asset to own. And this is where I would insert the phrase, run the numbers, if I was talking to a financial advisor peer. If you can improve the health of an animal, you do it, right? Of course, that's what makes veterinarian special. You're mission driven. My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. 
For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable online software solutions. These solutions save time, increase efficiency, and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they've prioritized having extensive veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard, and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax, grow, and thrive with LifeLearn. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best. So I compare gold, international stocks, U.S. REITs, U.S. core bonds, like you might own in your 401k, U.S. long duration treasuries, which means, hey, these are U.S. government debt for a period of 20 years or more. So those are something that are out there. S&P 500, so the market and the NASDAQ QQQ, which is tech stocks, so really growthy type things. And then I also have a CAGR or compound annual growth rate. And so what you see is sharp ratio, the worst one over the, from 2015 through uh, the beginning of July was actually the bonds. That's been the case if you run it back even more years. So sharp and Sortino are actually negative for both bonds, long duration, so the government debt and core bonds. So I've said this many, many times, bonds are where money goes to die and will be through the end of the decade. So if you're owning a bunch of bonds because you think it's safe and comfortable, you are just saying, I'm going to have death by a thousand cuts. These are places where money is going to die. So the CAGR for long duration treasuries of that period was a negative 0.16. US core bonds were 1%. Not great, right? Because we have inflation. I've talked about that on this podcast quite a bit. But let's look at other things. So you look at Sharp Ratio, Sorrentino Ratio for the NASDAQ, which has been awesome during this period. It compounded at 17%. I mean, sign me up for 17% compounding your growth rate. Sharp Ratio, 0.86, which is really good. Sorrentino, 1.41. Awesome. S&P, 0.7 in Sharp and 1.07 Sorrentino for the S&P. And it compounded at about 11.5. Really great returns. Really great returns over that time frame. What about Bitcoin? Sharp Ratio of 1.04. So the best of anything out there. Sorrentino. So again, hey, it's volatile. Probably doesn't make sense, right? It's going to be lower. 2.18 absolutely blows everything else out of the water and it's compounded at 70%. Now, again, past performance doesn't guarantee future results. Insert all the fun things here to uh, offset everything, right? But the interesting thing with Bitcoin is Bitcoin is going to be an asset that unless all of a sudden governments around the globe find Jesus and decide to stop creating new money, and trying to fix the broken system with more money, more money, more money, um, it will continue to do really well into the future. What's the exact performance? Does it have a compound annual growth rate of 70%? No, I doubt it. But even if it comes down to 30, if it comes down to 20, it's still better than a lot of these other things. And if you measure and run the numbers from a risk perspective, Bitcoin is a better risk adjusted return than anything else that you likely have. So again, what volatility? Because you are compensated for it. And I am going to stop sharing and we'll bring it back. And then the other one, right? Bubbles come and go. History matters. Financial advisors will beat the drum. We have decades of return on stocks and bonds. Why do we need anything else? I've heard this many, many times. My first question is, we are in a rapidly changing technology landscape. How valuable is the data you have on bonds from the 80s or 90s? What about the stocks from the 60s? We're in an entirely different system today than in the past. High frequency trading, monetary policy, overall tech changes make massive differences. We didn't have ETFs in the 80s. We have ETFs now. We didn't have these index funds in the 60s. We do now. Like there's lots of changes. 
The fees associated with trades are totally different now. Also, when measured in trading hours, Bitcoin has traded more hours than the S&P 500. As of the close of 2022, Bitcoin traded 110,224 hours, while the S&P was 107,217. Bitcoin might feel new, but the beauty of the asset is it has ossified. The core merits and rules have been unchanged since 2009. Again, I cover a ton of this in the course, so I'm making high-level claims, but you obviously need to have the tech understanding and a background of like what makes Bitcoin work and why and why the rules won't change. But the block size wars of 2015 through 2017 helped demonstrate individuals can count on Bitcoin's rule set. Really, really important for everyone to get that. And the next one is Bitcoin is bad for the environment. There are claims that Bitcoin uses more energy than countries. While true, this concept misses the entire point. First, who decides what is a good use of energy and what's not? Second, a conservative figure is that somewhere between 5 and 10% of all energy produced gets consumed. It gets consumed and lost. It does not actually get to the point where people need it. So 5 to 10% of all energy produced doesn't make it to where we actually need it. And the factors that include why there's this loss of 5 to 10% of all the energy that we create, distance of transmission, voltage levels, types of transmission lines, and overall efficiency of the grid, there's going to be periods of inefficiency and loss in the system. Bitcoin consumes energy. And this will increase in the future. And that's a good thing. Yet today, it's estimated to be about 0.1 to 0.2 of the current energy output. So it's significantly less than what we currently produce and waste and lose. And it's a buyer of first and last resort, helping to stabilize grid infrastructure. It uses waste energy, see flare gas mining and landfill methane gas as great options of what is currently being utilized to mine Bitcoin with waste energy and or just extra energy that's out there. And it needs to provide the service of facilitating network transactions via proof of work. And what is proof of work? Real quickly, I don't go into this in the article. Proof of work is, hey, I know I need to go to the gym to be healthy. And I'm going to go and when I work out and I sweat and I get tired, that builds up you know, my muscles. That's proof of work. Proof of stake, which is the other option in a lot of cryptocurrencies or aka altcoins, aka shitcoins, is this idea of, hey, if I watch a YouTube video about going to the gym, I'm going to have the ability to get tired, sweat and grow muscle doesn't work. You need proof of work. Veterinary medicine is a proof of work business as well. In comparison, there are entire podcast articles and even books on the topic. I'll point the reader to the best overall overview by Lynn Alden called Bitcoin's energy usage isn't a problem. Here's why. So let's go to value. Does anything have intrinsic value? Intrinsic value is a broken concept. Individuals value on a good comes from the potential for the good to meet human needs. Yet those needs are all personal choices, individual action. So your value for item A may, may be different than value item A for me, or the value of water in a desert will be far greater than the modern American home. Once you'll hear that Bitcoin is backed by nothing, often, oftentimes. That's true. Money is the foundational bottom layer. It is the foundation, right? A foundation of a home doesn't have something underneath it, right? It is the foundation. And Bitcoin is better money. See here for a nice comparison chart of money by Fidelity, which I'll link in the show notes. We use money as a tool to help us facilitate trade and solve for the coincidence of once. The coincidence of once is an economic concept that refers to a situation in a barter system where two parties each possess goods or services that the other party desires, creating a mutual willingness to exchange. For a trade to occur in a barter system, both parties must have a double consequence of once, meaning they must want the same thing at the same time in the exact quantity the other one has to offer. If this condition is not met, a trade cannot be initiated. So I have a truck full of potatoes that I dug up. I need my dog to get some work done at your vet clinic and you don't like potatoes. Well, shoot, we have a problem. What if we had money that I could sell the potatoes for money and then pay for your services? The same way if you wanted potatoes, but I didn't need veterinary care, why would I want to give up you know, my potatoes? Maybe I don't have a dog. So there's this idea of money to help solve that. And the absence of a consequence of once is a major limitation of barter systems. Finding a suitable trading partner 
because maybe we have to add other people. I trade my potatoes for this and this and this, and then finally we get to the point where we can do it. It makes exchanges difficult. The introduction of money in an economy resolves a problem. Money acts as a medium of exchange, enabling people to buy and sell goods and services without requiring a direct match of desires between the trading parties. This significantly simplifies transactions and facilitates the exchange of goods and services more effectively than the barter system. And that is so true. I think a lot of people misunderstand that money is the thing that acts as our measuring stick. And if you skew and you have broken money, that measuring stick is now not the same length and it's always changing. And how do you measure something if you don't have a consistent measure system? If one day we're measuring in the metric system and the next we're measuring in the US system, and then we're changing what those things mean day in and day out, that gets really hard to run a business or plan a household or do anything. So what about the idea of regular regulatory clarity? Man, I cannot speak today. I'll own Bitcoin when dot, dot, dot. There is regulatory clarity on Bitcoin. It's a monetary commodity. Gary Gensler, the SEC chair, has noted several times. Cynthia Loomis is a senator for Wyoming and a Bitcoin holder and advocate. Helps oversee the Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee. Montana and Arkansas signed a bill proposing that Bitcoin mining businesses may operate in the states. They cannot be discriminated against. Several others are looking at this as well. Texas has added to its state bill of rights a provision to recognize the rights of individuals to possess, retain, and utilize digital securities. Lastly, Bitcoin's decentralized nature makes it impossible for anyone, even governments, to control or stop it. Given that it will always exist, the dynamic becomes one of jurisdictional arbitrage. If one oppressive government makes owning Bitcoin fully illegal with harsh penalties, other governments will embrace the opportunity to become home to Bitcoin-related businesses, investors, and capital will move where it is best treated, called the theory of capital mobility. It has important implications for policymakers. They should create an environment that attracts foreign investment and promotes domestic capital formation, aka the politicians will want to get reelected they want to stay in power and they want people to vote for them. And how do you do that? You create jobs and you allow people to do what they want to do. As we close, Bitcoin skeptics may sound smart, but it comes back to Brandini's law. For those unfamiliar, it's the law known as the bullshit asymmetry principle, which is a concept that highlights the disproportionate effort required to refute false or misleading information compared to the effort required to create it. So it's much easier to spot off, hey, Bitcoin uses more energy than a country that's bad. Versus understanding how much energy is wasted. What actually is the methods of energy that is consumed by Bitcoin mining and like all these extra nuances, right? So the amount of energy needed to refute something is in an order of magnitude bigger than to produce it. It's easy to send a link on Twitter. It's much harder to do the work and learn about a topic and challenge your priors. The biggest fools are those knowing about Bitcoin and yet still holding none. So as we close, the course is there to help you learn about Bitcoin. You've heard me talk about it if you listen to the podcast for very long. You might be like, I've heard it, I'm busy, I don't have the time. And I can't solve you sitting down and carving out some time to spend 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, 45 minutes on a video. But what I will tell you is it's in one easy to consume spot. I want you to learn about it and I want you to learn how to engage and grow and save in better money so that you and your family and your community are in a better spot. And ultimately, I think that's what Bitcoin does. It makes life easier and more affordable. And you'll see that throughout with the education of what the course does. So, hey, let me know what you think. If you take it, I appreciate it. I want feedback, whether you think it's awful, whether you think it's great. So please, please, please hit me up with that. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Until next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment tax or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. However, you are intelligent enough to make decisions for yourself. So I do encourage you 
to dig in, learn for yourself, and not just outsource every decision that you make. You should talk to your professional team if you have one before implementing anything that I talk about, but also make sure they know what they're talking about. Push them, question them. That's healthy. That's okay. Oh yeah. And you should probably own and learn a little bit about that Bitcoin thing. The biggest compliment you can give to me is to share the show with a friend or the podcast if there's another episode that you really like. That helps folks find it. That helps it grow. Um, reviews are critical. The Apple Podcast is the platform that's predominantly used for how people find the show. So if you have three minutes, love the show, please head over, give us five stars if you believe that's what we earned. That would help more people find the show. Also, if you're new, go to YouTube. It's a channel. Uh, putting up all the videos there as well. Sometimes it's going to be more interactive. Other times it's just going to be the conversation. So vainly, I want to get 100 subscribers so I get the vanity URL. That's the goal. We're on our way, but not quite there yet. For all of today's links information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can also subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss any episodes in the future. And finally, if you'd like more information, insights, or have the ability to, for your voice to be heard, join the Facebook group. You can search for the Veterinarian Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom, about your host, click on the Facebook icon. And thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. All right. So there are a lot of great job postings that I want to get to. And so we're going to start off with Bayside Hospital for Animals. Great work-life balance in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. No weekends, Monday to Friday, eight to five, no on-call or emergencies. It's appointment only here. Currently a two and a half doctor practice, new owner in 2021, bringing some fresh life into the hospital. The new owner had been there for six years prior working, so definitely understands the team, the processes in the community. Lots of investment in people and new equipment. ProSal is the pay structure Far too many benefits for me to list. Email BaysideVet251 at Yahoo or call 850-864-1857. Join a thriving, growing, small animal practice in Vermont on the Quebec border. Full-time, ideal, part-time is considered. The idea is to start with yes with the team, patients and clients in outdoor woman's paradise while uh, being able to practice high-quality medicine. Compensation is write your own structure within production capabilities. Literally, it is the owner wants to find the right person and is happy to negotiate, chat through, and find the right fit. If you want autonomy and a boss that enjoys teaching, reach out to Newport Veterinary Hospital. You can email newportveterinaryhospital at gmail.com. North Central Indiana, looking for an oasis in the chaos. Who isn't, right? Come join the amazing team at Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. They strive to foster a fun, fast-paced work environment while providing quality patient care. They utilize the support staff efficiently so that the doctor is available practice medicine and do what you're trained to do in less time on paperwork, which is great. Lots of investment in new equipment and technology to support you full-time or part-time available. Small animal and exotics are both seen there. So no ER, no on-call, no weekends, competitive salary with sign-on bonus offered and far too many benefits to list. Go to Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. So type that in and you'll find the job posting there. Last but not least, join Watertown Animal Hospital personable, small animal veterinarian wanted for well-established current five doctor mixed animal practice in Northern New York, which is an outdoors person's paradise. Again, two of those. So if you like the outdoors, you can look at Vermont or New York. They have plenty of support staff with six CSRs, six licensed technicians, four animal caretakers, two technical assistants, hospital associate, or sorry, hospital assistant, a practice manager, and a bookkeeper. Focuses on mentorship and investment on the people and the technology. That's been a strategic initiative by the leadership team. No on-call, uh, 24-hour ER, less than an hour away. Salary based on experience, but no less than 95000 can be straight salary, pro-sal considered. Want to discuss that with the right person. Tons of benefits. Again, too much to list. Please reach out to Watertown 
petcare.com for that option as well. So again, if you find a role or a job or talk to anyone and it helps you in any way, I would love to hear that feedback. So please reach out, let me know what you're able to do. And I will continue to post these. So if you are an owner, reach out to me, let me know. And we'll go from there. And until I hit a capacity of I can't keep recording these, I want to let people know who are high quality owners around the country looking for great help. So with that, we'll talk soon.